If you are into maritime law, I've got a list for you. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 206, dropping on September 26, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll be digging into the contentious history of Greece, Turkey, and Cyprus at Eurovision. Okay, Ben. Uh, <laughs> this episode <laughs> took a wild turn uh, when, uh, <laughs> since I pitched it. I love that contentious is appearing in the opener to the show because that means it tells our listeners it's going to be a fun one. I don't know if fun is the right descriptor for it. Uh, This one's going to be just like light and frothy and nothing bad is going to happen, I'm sure. I guess to get things started, what do you know about Greece and Cyprus's relationship? On a very surface level from purely a Eurovision standpoint, I just think of the Simpsons meme of just like, come on, say it when when it's like Greece's turn at the to give out their 12 points or Cyprus's turn to give out their 12 points that we just want them to say the thing that they're going to say. Mm -hmm. Also on this show level, uh, from when I thought it would be fun to talk about Turkey at the contest a few years ago, I know that Cyprus in particular is kind of contentious because you have Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots. And there's that whole thing about maps at, at the contest and how the the map of Cyprus, there are differing opinions on like wh- on, on whether part of Cyprus is its own country or not. So if you peek under the surface, there's some stuff happening there. We will be peeking under that surface today. When I first got started researching this, I did not even realize that next year is going to be the 50th anniversary of Greece debuting at Eurovision. So a uh, year that ends in 05, we got to talk about it. Yep. Greece had been airing Eurovision since 1970. Their first participation was at the 1974 contest. They debuted with the song Krasi Thalassa Ke Tegori Mu by Marinella. It feels adjacent to like a uh, boom bang a bang, just sort of like that late 60s, early 70s, up tempo kind of orchestrally pop thing. And like it's got some fun Greek flavor because they've got like the, the instrumentalists on stage with them. That's so funny that you picked boom bang a bang because that was my exact same uh, pull on that one. Yeah. Maybe it's just because yeah, 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 the yeah. no. singer has the same sort of like reddish hair uh, as Lulu. But yeah, not the most memorable song. Like a full third of it is the word la. It finished mid table. Yeah, it feels right. Greece was originally supposed to be represented by the group Nostradamus, and they were one of the most popular bands at the time. They won several awards at the 1972 Thessaloniki Song Festival, so they were definitely a band on the rise. This is where, trying to keep it light, but in 1973, while Nostradamus was on tour, uh, a member of the band and a member of the crew were accused of sexual assault involving a 16-year-old. The accuser's father offered to drop the case in exchange for a large sum of money. So already getting into like really dark territory here. Uh, the band did raise the funds. They did pay off the accuser's father. 
news of the payoff didn't come to light until after the band had won the right to go to Eurovision. Once that news did come to light, the Greek military junta that was in charge forbade minors from attending Nostradamus concerts and did not allow the broadcast of any of the band's music. So obviously Eurovision was not going to be an option for them. However, there is speculation that this entire incident may have been perpetrated by the junta because, again, they were a very popular brand with the youth and maybe not in favor of the junta policies. When you told me we were doing a Greece and Cyprus episode, the word junta did not enter my mind at all. Part of this may just be the product of uh, American public schooling, but like <laughs> yeah. early to mid 20th century history is not my strong suit. Like we barely no. got to World War One in my uh, AP U.S. history class. I just feel like American U.S. His- U.S. history classes like we you maybe get to World War Two and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's May already. Let's talk about some themes, class. I think we did, like, one year a day, like, getting into the two weeks before the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, AP history exam. So, yeah, I know of the New Deal. I cannot tell you what any of the letters of it mean or what any of the specific programs are. And, yeah, the post-1960s question uh, on the AP exam – a lot of that was pieced together from what I remembered of commercials of the 1960s miniseries that played on VH1 around that time. Just, just, start, <laughs> so. listing, just start listing things from We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the junta, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. We do need to kind of go back into World War II, what was happening. Greece were kind of like in the middle of everything. They were occupied by the Axis powers, so Germany, Italy, Bulgaria— But pretty much every side of the war had some sort of foothold in Greece. The resistance was primarily communist and anti-communist. So you have those factions going up against the Axis powers. And as the war is starting to come to an end, the communist side of the faction is starting to get the upper hand in Greece. Now, the West is not really thrilled about that, so... Britain's just trying to hold everything together in Athens. What is going to happen to Greece after World War II is really up in the air. They're getting the fascists out, but yeah, everybody else is just like, well, who's going to fill in that power vacuum? Civil War eventually breaks out uh, towards the end of World War II. The Soviets aren't offering that much support to the communists, so most of the communist support is coming from the Yugoslavia side. And this is actually what kind of causes that separation between Yugoslavia form of communism and USSR form of communism. Again, the West is just sort of like, uh, communism, not a fan. Right, yes. Eventually, Britain is just kind of overwhelmed by trying to maintain this, and the U.S. comes in, and the U.S. did what U.S. usually does when trying to quell communism by installing an authoritarian government as some sort of buffer. That really cemented the split between USSR and Yugoslavia, and there's a ton of political turmoil throughout the 1950s and 1960s. In uh, April of 1967, the far-right colonels in the military, they staged a coup and the country fell into a dictatorship under this military junta. The king of Greece went into exile and the monarchy was formally abolished in 1973. Things are still pretty rocky at this time. And there ended up being a second coup to depose the repressive 
colonel in charge of the junta, uh, Colonel Papadopoulos. And he was replaced by an even more repressive general, uh, General Demetrius Ioannidis. So things are not looking great for Greece at this point. Yeah, not, not good. Let's take a break from Greece. Let's talk about Cyprus. Uh, the Greeks first inhabited Cyprus all the way back in the 12th century BC. So like we're talking about long-term uh, residents there. Yes. In 1571, the Ottomans took over, and that's what brought in the Turkish influence uh, on, on the island. They were there for about 300 years. Uh, and then in 1878, Britain reached a deal with the Ottomans to kind of become administrators of the island. The location of Cyprus is very convenient for getting to like Northern Africa, Middle East. Like it, it is a very prime location. Britain taking care of the island and kind of treating it as a protectorate, just being like, okay, yeah, we've got like military power if that's needed. Uh, we can take care of our business, that sort of thing. World War One happens. British can like formally convert the island to a protectorate since the Ottomans entered World War One on the not British side. And they're just like, look, we want to hang on to Cyprus. We don't want it to get drawn into this conflict. That happened with like Cyprus, Egypt, a few other locations as well. After World War One, Ottoman Empire pretty much collapses and Cyprus kind of transitions to becoming a more formal British crown colony. After World War Two, the people of Cyprus wanted self-determination and were considering joining with Greece, formally becoming part of the country. Britain's just like, well, no, we like having this land. We like having this island. They were not enthusiastic about the independence bid. Part of their strategy was sort of a divide and conquer approach and started pitting Greek Cypriots against Turkish Cypriots and really creating a divide on the island so that there's more conflict. And Britain could be like, oh, yeah, just need to stay here so that we can make sure things don't get out of control even if they may be the ones that are stoking those flames. Eventually, this led to armed conflict. And uh, in 1960, UK finally granted independence to the new Republic of Cyprus. Archbishop Makarios III became the leader of Cyprus and was trying to work on a bunch of constitutional reforms as this new country was forming. However, it is predominantly Greek Cypriots on the island, and a lot of the policies were favoring Greek Cypriots over Turkish Cypriots. So there's still that kind of playing one group against the other. Cyprus is not just geographically convenient for a lot of places, but it's near a bunch of oil reserves and various other maritime resources. So a lot of border disputes that are happening as a result of that. And like also it's maritime law. So boundaries of like when it comes to fishing rights, drilling rights, all that stuff it just gets very contentious very quickly. Yes. Greece is watching this, of course, like they do have an interest since they are interested in connecting up with Cyprus uh, on a formal basis. They could see this as an opportunity in July of 1974. In cooperation with the Cypriot National Guard, uh, the junta initiates a coup in Cyprus. They're exploiting some failed constitutional reforms, which, again, were like really pushing that divide between Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots. Seized on that opportunity to try to take over Cyprus and like really pull it into Greece and annex the island. Five days later, July 20th, Turkey invades the island, partly to protect 
the Turkish Cypriots, and then also just to protect the land and the resources that are in play here. Turkish Cypriots are, of course, on high alert with all of the conflict that's going on. As part of the invasion, Turkey establishes the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. So about one third of the northern part of the island falls into Turkish control. They are trying to declare it as its own independent state from the rest of the island. The international community consider the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus occupied territory. So Turkey is the only country that really acknowledges this independent state. Uh, The rest of the international community is like, no, it's all Cyprus. Just like multiple times we're like, let's show a map. And the general response is, what if we didn't? Because there's there's, there's thoughts. Turkey... Turkey views this as a separate thing. Everybody else is like, no, this is this is one country. The thing is, like with with this coup and this counter invasion that happened, like it's apparent the Greek junta had overplayed their hand. Like the international community is not in support of this. Turkey's obviously not in support of this. By December of 1974, the uh, junta is deposed and the modern Hellenic Republic of Greece is established. So. Yeah, that all happened in like a six month period. Yeah, yeah. Do you do your vision deposition of the junta? You know, business as usual. This is one of the reasons why I find the 1974 contest so fascinating because there is so much other stuff going on. And yeah, we're we're all just like yeah, everybody's just like Abba, bell bottoms, ha ha ha, and like no, there's like 17 different things happening at once. To get this kind of back on topic for our particular podcast, let's talk about how that was reflected at Eurovision. As you may recall from your uh, Turkey episode in 1975, Turkey debuts at the contest, and Greece withdrew from the contest that year for uh, officially unknown reasons. I think most people are able to kind of fill in the blanks on why Greece was not interested in participating that year. In 1976, Greece returns to the contest with the song Panagia Mu, Panagia Mu. And I am going to send you some of the lyrics, the translation of the lyrics. I sort of half remember this one. And if you see shattered ruins, oh, oh, my mother, it's not from other, from other eras. It is burnt by napalm, oh, oh, my mother. Since yesterday, there are countless crumbled rocks. And if you see newly dug land, oh, oh, my mother, they're not fertile fields. There will be crosses planted on them, oh, oh, my mother, which will decompose, decompose through time. Not the most poppy pop song, I would say. No. Uh, It is pretty much a direct reference to what's been going on the last couple of years. I'm currently reading uh, Dean Vuletich's book about post-war Europe and the Eurovision Song Contest. And uh, one of the things that came up in that was that the rule about songs not being like overtly political <laughs> was not established at the very beginning of the contest. That was more of a like late 90s innovation. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this song obviously performed at Eurovision. It was not disqualified for uh, what Mm -hmm. are very specific references to what is going on. 
Yeah, you could just send like a very specific diss track to the contest and be like, hello, hi, Greece, we're looking at you. Turkey decided not to participate in the contest. They still broadcast the contest, uh, but when Greece's performance comes up, they override that uh, with a presentation of the song Memleketum, which translates to My Homeland. Uh, so, yeah, there's just this kind of like bitter back and forth that is happening. Turkey and Greece don't appear in the same Eurovision until 1978. Yeah, they will meet again in 1980, and they are right next to each other in the running order. So, uh, yeah, that is the universe uh, trying to make peace, I think. And yeah, I, I'm <laughs> not sure it worked. Yeah. I don't want to go year by year because that, that's a pretty long history. But there are some yes. highlights that I wanted to kind of go over just to kind of see like how Greece, Cyprus, and Turkey are sort of interacting with each other at the contest. Cyprus debuts in 1981. Greece gives Cyprus six points and Cyprus gives Greece 12 points. So the tradition begins early. <laughs> 1983. Greece does not give Cyprus any points. Uh, Cyprus gives Greece 12 points. And that is the year that Turkey gets a null point with the song Opera. Which I still think is maybe the worst Eurovision entry I have ever encountered. Well, and like that's one of the ones where all of the Eurovision Song Contest history books I have are from the period where we didn't need to like cite our sources or have an index because who would want those? Who would be using these in twenty years? And like that one, I think it said somewhere in there that like no, this is widely considered to be the worst entry ever. I'm like, okay, but source, please. I mean. The null point, I think, is a uh, yeah. The null point is, is there, and like I do, like I think I remember following up, and like this guy just like essentially just disappears from society after <laughs> after the song. So just like we knew. The problem for me though is uh, when I want to access anything uh, that may be geo blocked, I use the browser Opera, uh, but I always just like <laughs> oh no, I have to use Opera, Opera, Opera. <laughs> that the song is like stuck in my head for like fifteen minutes. It's just not good. 80s, kind of a mixed bag for everybody. Uh, in 1986, Greece isn't in the contest. Cyprus finishes last. But Turkey, they get their first top 10. So the international community seems to have cooled on the situation, even though Greece, Cyprus, and Turkey may still have some beef with one another. Uh, 1987 is the first time that Greece and Cyprus swap 12 points. And Turkey, again, scores nil point. 1988... Turkey gives Greece three points. That's the first time that Turkey is in the conversation with the scoreboard with the other two countries. In 1991, Cyprus does not give Greece 12 points. They give 10 points. 94 is the next time that both countries do a 12-point swap. Uh, In 1997, this is the first time that Greece gives Turkey points. This is Turkey's first top five finish. The late 90s are around when Turkey finally locks into, oh, this is what we should be doing. This is also around the time that the televote is starting to get introduced. Now, all three countries are using a jury for this contest because there were only five countries that were trying out the televote. 1998, televote has spread. Uh, Cyprus is using televote. Cyprus gives Greece 12 points. Greece gives Cyprus 12 points. Greece's final score at the 1998 contest is 12 points. (laughs) 
Thank you, Cyprus. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Cyprus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greece ends up taking the next couple of years off, partly budget issues, partly maybe retooling after almost getting nil point uh, at the previous year's contest. In 2003, this is when Turkey wins the contest. So it's like, okay, let's let's see how scores are playing out that way. Uh, Greece and Cyprus, 12-point swap. Greece does give Turkey seven points, which is understandable, like, uh, any way mm-hmm. that I can is a bop. Uh, any way uh, that I can, yeah. Cyprus also gives points to Turkey, uh, eight points there. And uh, Turkey gave Greece four points. And this is all televote at this point. So juries aren't interfering with the score. And the public is maybe... I don't really know how to describe it. I don't want to say, like, oh, they've gotten over it. <laughs> like that, that sounds very dismissive. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, but... But, yeah, a generation has passed at this point. Like, it, it's now, like... 30 years since conflict and the coups and everything had happened. So it, it's not as recent of history. In 2004, Greece finishes third. They gave six points to Turkey and another 12 swap uh, with Cyprus. Cyprus gives four points to Turkey and Turkey gives Greece 10 points and Cyprus one point. So I feel like this is where they kind of have reached detente. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Detente. Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. Everybody's given points to everybody else. And like the conflict is certainly not over again, like just the maritime disputes. Like I was, I was checking to see what was happening like with like the world court and if there was anything going on there, just because the <laughs> 1976 contest took place at the Hague and yes. uh, it was just like, oh, is there maybe a reason why Turkey didn't want to go to the Hague that year? Just, just like a fun little ambush. Like, hello, you're in, you're in court. Also, they were already in court, uh, just to settle like maritime boundary disputes in the International Court of Justice. There was a page on Wikipedia like listing all the cases that came before the ICJ. And if you are into maritime law, I've got a list for you. Yeah, go buck wild. Just a lot of water boundary conflicts not not like military issues or any anything like that it, it it's all just like can i fish here turkey gives greece 12 points in 2005 that's the year that greece wins this is when greece cyprus 12 point swaps are in full effect i think a big part of that is it's televote at this point you do not have the juries influencing the scores this is also around the time that like Greece is in their imperial period. Turkey's still doing very well on the scoreboard. Cyprus Mm -hmm. is not doing so hot. They're not qualifying for a good chunk of the aughts. Things seems kind of, like, peaceful. I I was going to say normal, but it's like, no, it's not quite normal. But it's just like, again, detente. Turkey and Cyprus, they both missed qualifying in 2011. And then in 2012, that is the last year that Turkey is in the contest. Uh, they gave three points to Greece. Uh, Greece and Cyprus do their swap. They didn't throw any points Turkey's way. Getting back to the original question, do Greece and Cyprus always give each other 12 points? And when there's a jury involved, even then, like Cyprus is usually giving Greece 12 points. It's not always reciprocated from Greece. Like, we do have that one instance where they gave no points to Cyprus. And for a good chunk of the 80s and 90s, it's like seven points, eight points, 10 points. There's not this like constant swapping of points until the televote is introduced. Even when there is a 
50-50 split in Televote and Jury. It was just top 10 and then combining those scores. It wasn't really until 2013 where the Jury and Televote went to a full ranking where all 25 songs would be ranked 1 through 25 and scores tabulated that way. Even with the full rank system, if you're winning either side of that vote, you're still going to get some points, unless something really, really weird happens. If you're always winning the televote, you're guaranteed something, and you you really need the jury to kind of tank your entry Mm -hmm. to bring down that score. There wasn't a way to check for that, because we haven't gotten split results until like 2014 and 2015. Cypress didn't participate in the 2014 contest, so there's nothing to look at there. Mm -hmm. And then in 2015, we do get that split, but that was a year that they didn't swap 12s. Greece gave 10 points to Cyprus, finished second with the jury, finished third in the televote. And then Cyprus only gave eight points to Greece, uh, finished first in the televote, and sixth with the jury. They both loved Italy. They gave Italy their 12 points. Once the split voting was introduced in 2016, going through the list... There's only been three contests where they were both in the grand final. Greece didn't qualify in 16, 18, or this year, and Cyprus didn't qualify last year. So there's not a clear apples-to-apples comparison there. Right. In the years that they were both in the contest, yes, they did swap 12 points. <laughs> but there's also the fact that this, like, Cyprus is kind of in an imperial period at that point. Like, uh-huh. you've got... You've got Fuego, you've got Replay, you've got El Diablo. And like, I think those are all legitimate entries to get. Yes. Yeah. No, like they, they have a very good thing with Panic Records going on. Like there is a lot of cross, cross-cultural stuff that's happening. It's like, oh, it's Greek artists performing for Cyprus. Plus really good songs. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like it, there, there's nothing fishy about it. I think what is happening with having the split votes you don't really get to see, like, on the TV how the televote is playing out. Uh, and that's definitely where, like, the 12 points are happening. Um, it's with the jury vote that it is much more public. And I think that's why this year it was so jarring to see that the jury only gave four points to Cyprus. But I think there's a lot of other factors that could be contributing to that. One, it could just be like the juries were just like, no, genuinely, this is how we think it did. And I, I, I think that like looking at the individual results, it's like, oh, no, like they they all like had Cyprus in the running. But I think they were just like, no, let, let's like vote, vote our conscience here. Mm-hmm. I think it could also be a response to the jury shenanigans that happened in t- the 2022 contest. Greece and Cyprus were not implicated in that point swapping scandal. Uh, But I could see them being concerned that their previous history of 12s uh, could could be seen as fishy. Yes. One of the effects of last year's scandal was converting the semifinals to an all-televote format. And I think Greece may have been hurt by that particular switch. Um, I think there were a few countries that may have been hurt by that particular switch, where Greece's entry this year had a lot of technical elements going for it, and I think it would have been boosted uh, with jury support. Yeah, yeah, I think juries would have helped that one. But that was not to be. So the four points, it kept Cyprus out of the top 10. Had Greece had Greece's jury given Cyprus 12 points, it would have given them enough points to sneak into 10th place. 
I don't think the relationship is hurting necessarily. I think it is just a case of like, okay, well, like we both weren't in the grand final. We have the freedom to kind of vote our conscience. Um, And like just with the way that this year played out, I I think there's also a little bit of freedom being like, well, I don't think either of our songs are going to win overall. So yeah, just vote your conscience. And yeah, just do do what you guys want. Yeah, we're we're cool. I was not expecting there to be like so much military history in, in the story. I was expecting it just to just be more like, oh, yeah, just very similar cultural roots, the Panic Records connection. On on like a very macro level, okay, yeah, like, like it's kind of true that they give each other 12 a lot, but also on like a more micro level, there's a bunch of different factors in play. Like it's 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 very easy to just kind of gloss over and go, well, they always do it and haha, do it. Do, they did the thing. But like, no, there's a very specific, there's a very specific pattern that needs to happen for the thing to happen. It's more Cyprus always gives Greece 12 points. Cyprus is telling people, this is my best friend, Greece. And Greece is like, hello, this is my colleague, Cyprus. I think that is a great way of putting it. So, <laughs> This is my colleague, Cyprus. We know each other from work. Do not ask about the corner office. That's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That's me and Ben Smith. That's me. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash what. Free access to our full archive of more than 200 episodes going all the way back to the 2018 contest can be found on our website, eurowhat.com. Next time on the EuroWhat, we're unlocking the Patreon vault to share our discussion of this Lean Dion-inspired sort of biopic, Aline. <laughs> <laughs>